Father, I humble myself before you. I ask that you speak through me and give to God's people what they need here today. We bless the people of God. <clears throat> we pray for our nation. We pray that you would heal our land, uh, that you would heal uh, the, the tension and the division. And, and Lord, just bring peace, we pray. Peace will only come through Jesus Christ. And so we ask for peace and healing. And, and Lord, our declaration is we need you more than ever, Father God. <clears throat> we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So, are we Facebook Live here? Are we good? Well, we want to welcome our whole Facebook community that is out there. God bless you. We love you. We receive you. And we pray God's blessing on you. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, if you're just uh, checking in now, uh, we are live. Uh, I don't know if you're able to share your page or whatever to get the word out. Uh, we're here for you. So uh, come on, let's just let them know that we are here today with a clap. We love you. And we miss you. And we miss you. And so whatever state you're a part, uh, where you live, uh, we want you to know that you're dear to us and we, we do care about you. So uh, I want to continue in our series here. This is the second week. We're talking about abiding, abiding. And uh, this is the second week. And I subtitled this message, Invitation Leads to Revelation. And we're going to receive communion here <clears throat> in a moment. But one of the texts uh, that we've been talking about, we started last week, was Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. We talked about the early disciples when they're on the road to Emmaus. This was after the resurrection. And uh, they were confused. And in Luke 24, 25, Jesus comes along while they're talking, watch this, about the present crisis, the present situation that's going on throughout Jerusalem and the whole region and the confusion and the fear and kind of a lot of like today and what we live in and what's going on in our time. <clears throat> and the Bible says in Luke 24, 25, Jesus shows up, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't even know it was him. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today of how we can miss the moments of God's presence. Watch this. We can miss the moments of God's presence in our life when we are so consumed and overwhelmed of what's going on out there. And uh, I'll give you a funny illustration about that, how, how true it is. But Luke 24, 25, then Jesus said to them, how foolish you are. Isn't that how Jesus kind of just goes right to the core? <laughs> he doesn't have the kind of that seeker-friendly approach, you know, my dearly beloved. He goes, you guys are fools. Goes right to the core. How foolish are you? Slow to believe. Slow to believe everything that the prophet said. And so they're like, who is this guy? Don't you know what's going on? Haven't you heard? And Jesus begins to talk to them. And, and the reason he says this is because they understood the Old Testament stories. Watch this. They understood the Old Testament stories, but they couldn't see Jesus in them. How many times we hear messages, oh, yeah, we heard that story. We know what he's talking about. And we just check out because we think we know it all. And we think, well, we've heard that there, but how many know that in all of eternity in heaven, we're going to be forever learning and we'll never consume totally the glory of God and the knowledge of our God? All right, so you know, we have this small time here on earth, this vapor, 
to gather. And God is, I believe, by his spirit, even given truth uh, to us now here this morning. They didn't see Christ in the stories. And you know, how many of you know that in your life that when you come across something that someone reveals a truth or you receive a deposit in your life and you see that it's, that it, it's something that you know you should make that decision and go down and you choose that, I mean, that they can change your life. But if you don't, you know, that, that can affect your life. It can affect your life. Luke chapter 24, verse 29, after Jesus speaking with them, he says this, he says, abide. Somebody shout abide. abide. We talked a little about this last week. He said, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Jesus didn't say this. Watch this. The disciples did. These disciples because we'll see here in a moment, Jesus was going to continue to walk on because how many know Jesus always has a destination? He's always going somewhere. He's always moving forward. Jesus doesn't want us to camp out in our life somewhere. You know, I know what it's like to go through difficult times and you feel maybe if you lost a relationship or a painful thing has happened, come on somebody, you know, and you, you just kind of, that's it. I'm here, but I'm shut down. I'm here, but yeah, I may have a smile on my face, but I've had a lot of pain. I've had a fallout with a family member or this or that. or I, I don't know what the situation is, but there's many times in our walk we can shut down, you know, and, 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 and we can just, you know, Jesus is wanting more. And this is what we're going to talk about here about abiding. And he wants to go with us, but we have to invite him in. How many see that say amen? So that is an invitation. Abide is an invitation for Jesus. And I believe that's part of our responsibility in our walk, that that needs to be a hunger cry of our heart. Lord, go with us. Come with us in this. Yes, I know he never leaves us or forsakes us. Amen. But they, 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 they were disappointed. They were in despair. They did not recognize what's God doing in our midst. It seems confusing. Yes, they longed for him. They, they wanted to be part of, you know, with his presence presence, but they had to initiate. I want you to see that. There's an initiating part in our part, in our walk of faith. And it isn't just, God, what are you going to do today? You know, we can do it in my life. There's a hungering and a thirsting in our heart that causes Christ to draw near. Let me see that. Say amen. Just stick with me. It all come together. So yes, Jesus, he shows up in their pain. During their disappointment, during their confusion, and they didn't recognize him. I will go out on a limb and even say today that I would imagine this past week, Jesus has showed up in many of our lives, but we didn't recognize him. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, you're going, huh, what, 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 what are you talking about? Yes. That person you drive by and you see, and the Lord wants you to do something for them. Give them a book. Share something encouraging. And you know that they're distraught right now. They're fear-filled. And you're just busy in the crisis of what's going on. And you're just trying to make ends meet. Amen? And we run past these things where Jesus wants to show up in our life. And he says, they were slow of heart. Slow of heart. Hmm. The disciples, what would they do? And they were debating of the things that took place. And you know, they say that Jesus, he was resurrected. And the lady said that they saw him at the tomb. And, you know, their hearts were in the right place, but they were distracted by the current circumstance. And here's the thing, church. We can sometimes be so busy discussing the present circumstances and the crisis and the turmoil, and the, you know, all these things that we can miss God in the moment. And, and I have to be very intentional because I can get caught up. But how many of you know you can listen to too much news? 
you know, I've really had to meet her, <laughs> what's going on. Because you start seeing some of the videos and some of the tragic things that are out there that are happening. It's so sad. It's our, our nation is, is in reeling in, in agony. And what we need is hope. Let me just declare, hope is coming back to America. Hope in reconciliation like never before. See, only God can do that. See, I remember back in, how many remember back in the, oh, I'm going to date myself here, in the 80s. Let me go back even further, the 70s. And communism, come on now, well, we were concerned about Russia. Come on now, right? And, and then I remember even in elementary school, they would have a little a siren through the alarm, through the yeah. big, you know, the speaker, and they would say, this is the time you need to get underneath your desk. And so I'd be a little kid like, why am I under this desk? Because if there's a nuclear attack, you better forget about the desk. This is not going to be nothing left, but you got to get under that desk. I remember that. Who would have thought that me as a little kid someday would go into the nation of Russia and preach the gospel? Who would have known? And they opened up their schools for the Christians to come in and share. See, see, right now we just see tragedy in our nation. We 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 see just 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 this disparity, but we can't see the future. And I believe God's going to bring a healing in this nation, like never before, a healing and a reconciliation where men and women will come together, and and there won't be this anymore, this racism. How many with me? Say amen. But we can miss it. We can miss it because we get so caught up. So caught up in what's going on. And yes, we should be dialed in and we should know. But you know what? We shouldn't let that distract us from the voice of God. Amen. Let me give you a funny example. This is actually a true story. Uh, of course, it's going to date me again. But uh, uh, so, so this guy is James Blackwood Sr. Some of you know who he is. Some of you go, huh, what? And that's how I was. So he was the Blackwood brothers. They were back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. They uh, were gospel quartet, uh, the Blackwood Brothers Gospel Quartet. So let's see on the screen would be the top left. That gentleman there was James Blackwood Sr. And he was, he, they were a gospel music legend. I didn't listen to their music. I just want you to know I did because I was born in the 60s and so it was more to the 70s. And, and so in 2002, he died at 82 years old and he was the last surviving member of the Blackwood Brothers Quartet. Uh, they actually called him the Frank Sinatra of gospel music. All right. He had over 200 albums, nine Grammys, personal uh, appearances from the Kennedy Center in Washington to the First Baptist Church in Moscow. The Gospel Music Association named him top male vocalist seven times. He was nominated for Grammys in 31 different years and won nine times. How many know if this guy was big stuff back then? <clears throat> so back in 1994, my wife and I were invited to dinner to go see him. It's a true story. With this couple that we knew, and they were related to the family, they said, oh yeah, James Black was coming. Like, I don't know who the guy is. I had no idea who this guy was. Well, what did he do? He's like, well, he, he's gospel music. Well, I don't really, you know. So we went to dinner, and uh, I'm telling the story correctly, right? We went to dinner, and he's there with his, his wife, lovely wife. I think he was probably in the, his 60s back then. And uh, he, 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 Miriam, Miriam Lee was his wife. And I did not have a clue who he was. And so this couple introduced us to him. And, and I was like, hey, hey, how are you? How you doing? My name's Mike. And I said, what do you do? 
<laughs> he goes, well, I, I'm a singer, a gospel singer. I said, oh, really? I mean, like, what do you play? What instrument? I had no, you know how some people, when they're in the presence of someone, they act really weird? I was just me. I said, hey, could you pass me the potatoes, James? You know, we, I was just eating, just being regular me. And I'm not really impressed by, you know, all of that affluent stuff, but honoring, respecting, and everything. So tell me, so he begins to tell the story of how he got Elvis started. I was like, what do you mean Elvis Presley? Right there, it's Elvis, right? I'm like, who is this guy? Is this guy telling the truth? I'm like, what, what's this guy's deal? And so uh, he goes on, he talks about how that they would sneak Elvis in, and I'm like, really, Elvis, Elvis Presley? I mean, uh, yeah, we would sing, and we'd let him in, and, 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 and sometimes we'd give him a quarter so he could go get a pop or somewhere, or, or a soda, and I'm like, by the time dinner was over, whatever, and we went home, and, and Rhonda was just saying, that was James Blackwood Sr. I'm like, who he is? So I didn't do my research. I went, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> what? And the guy had a great time. He loved it because I just was being normal. <clears throat> but I missed the moment. How many hear what I'm saying? <laughs> I missed the moment. Like, this is James Blackwood, and I had an opportunity to have dinner with the man, him and his wife, and it was a great time. But my point was, is we can miss moments and not be dialed in and know what's going on. You know, I think about missing the moments. How many of you know when our life turns upside down, we can miss those moments? Amen. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? <clears throat> in the Old Testament, Jacob, he was running for his life from his brother Esau. <clears throat> and in the midst of that fear for his own life, fleeing from his brother, because he duped him out of the birthright, if you remember the story, he's fleeing for his life. And in the midst of that, watch this, God gives him a dream. Let me shout a dream. dream. <clears throat> it's called Jacob's Ladder. So he has this dream in Genesis 28. And it says this, when Jacob woke up, he thought, he said this, that surely the Lord is in this place and I was unaware of it. And actually where he saw that is actually where they built Jerusalem and, and where the temple was built eventually. But that, he said, I was unaware of it and I was afraid and said, how awesome, watch this, <clears throat> is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. My brothers and sisters, he's really talking about the church today. Because that was really the birth of the temple there. And a lot of times we come to church, we go, well, I've been to church or whatever. It's the house of God. We can miss God in the moment. If we're dialed out. We're not connected. We've been so busy this week and we come in and we're not hearing God's word go forth and we get so occupied. And he goes, how awesome is this place? <clears throat> this is the gate of heaven and he has this vision. And so I want to encourage you not to miss the God moments in your life. And we get caught up in so many things that are going on and, and the calamities and we, we lose the focus of his presence in our life. And uh, the, on the road to Emmaus, they said this. They said, did not our hearts burn within us as Jesus spoke? They recognized this later. But that's why, you know, when people, they've been so hungry, they haven't been back to church. And I'm just from last week uh, talking with some pastors and how, how people have come back into the house of God and how they just were back with our, our, our church family. And, and there's something different it's okay to have church online and there's a connection there, but, but there's something about being in the presence of God, being in this moment that God is here in our midst. And, and, and so uh, just, it's, a powerful, it's a powerful truth. And so, and they asked themselves later, did not our hearts burn within us? And so when I think about that in that statement, I think, you know what? Our hearts burn with us when God's presence abides 
when God's presence abides in our life. And it can only be satisfied by his presence. And, and what happens, the hunger begins to arise in our lives and, and it gives us a passion and a hope. Somebody shall hope. You know, we need, once again, we need God's hope today in our midst. Hope is not a word you hear much of right now. There's a lot of other words that we're hearing, but not that word hope. You know, we know our lives are busy. They're complicated. They're messy. And, and, and here's again, once again, we, we, we ignore Jesus in the day in and day out. I've been guilty of that, so busy. There's times I put my head to rest at night, and for the next hour, I'm thinking about, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta, you know, how many hear what I'm saying? You know, and you think, of what time is it I should be resting, sleep, in peace, and so mind is running so busy. Hope, hope, you know, it's, that word hope today, I, I was thinking about it, it just seems so, so unbelievable. It's so removed from our present day. Hope was being infused in those disciples in that moment while they spoke with Jesus. In the midst of their crisis, Jesus was there and they, were, they missed him. But, but the something was happening. And I'm just praying that right even now that hope is instilled in your hearts. Some of you lost hope. Hope to believe that it's a better day. Hope to believe that it's going to be different. Hope. Hope. You know, the definition of hope means a feeling of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. Something good that you hope for. Are you still hoping for something good? I say, are you still hoping for something good? You need to hang on to hope, faith, hope, and love. You know, biblical hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised he's going to do. Hope. Our hearts burn within us when God's presence abides within us. You know, one of the things I do remember about those old gospel songs, and you can listen to some of them, and when they would come together and they all be have wearing their suits and ties and in that generation, in that era, and not like I'm dressed this morning, you know, but there was a different era, a different time, but you could just see, even though there was crisis going on, even though they're dealing with things with the Middle East, and there was still a sense of hope in the people, in their hearts. And I'm afraid many of us are losing hope and God wants to infuse the spirit of hope in our life today. Can you say amen? <clears throat> I remember a song, and it can date me also, but uh, I'm not gonna try to sing it because I cannot sing, but I might read a, a verse or two, or a chorus or two of it. It was by the Bill Gaither Trio. Some of you remember them? <laughs> yeah, right at the top of your list on your TikTok, you know, or your <laughs> Instagram. Just thought. <clears throat> but he, he wrote, they wrote the song, and it's this. I just feel like something good is about to happen. Man, we just need to hear something like that, don't we? In this day, it goes like this. He said, I just feel like, and they usually have, I just feel like something good. I won't sing it, but... <laughs> Something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. He has promised that he'd open all of heaven. And brother, this could be that very day. Wow, they had a lot of hope. I jumped down a few courses and says, yes, I've noticed all the bad news in the paper. And it seems like things get bleaker every day. But for this child of God, it makes no difference. For it's bound to get much better either way. I have never been more thrilled about tomorrow. Wow. Sunshine's always bursting through the skies of gray. I just feel like something good is about to happen. And brother, this could be that very day. Amen? Hallelujah. Just reading that makes me happy. Amen? I want to hang on to that. Hope. But here's a challenge this morning before we receive communion. Hope is infused when we abide in Christ. Abiding, connected to the vine, abiding. And some of us, 
which is sometimes we say, you know what, that's good, and, and, and we want God's presence, but like I shared last week, just as an invited guest, kind of like me invited for dinner, and I really didn't know, and wasn't dialed in, who was I with, and couldn't really connect in that way. And, 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 and then there's those that want the abiding presence of God. And so my challenge to us all here this morning is, is do you desire the abiding presence of God? You say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? See, a guest is a person who is invited to visit the home or take part in a function organized by another, and then they leave. But abiding is actually an old English word and it means progressively to await, to remain, to lodge, come on, to sojourn, to dwell, to continue, to endure. That's what it means to abide. And, and the Lord is looking for men and women that want to abide in his presence. In his presence. I mean, he didn't make us robots. He didn't make us to, to you know, he gave us a free will and he's looking for that abiding presence. And so we don't just want Jesus' presence just as a, maybe a Sunday morning, the woman fuzzies it, kind of a temporary fix, and then we go move on with our life. You know, Jesus wants a relationship with you, an abiding relationship with you tomorrow, Amen. the next day, Saturday night, Wednesday morning. Come on, somebody. That's what he wants. There's abiding. So you need to think about that. You think about how do you orchestrate your life this week? When you leave here, do you turn on the country wrestling, the soft rock? Do you, you know what I mean? Would you feed your mind? Because I can guarantee you, watch, hear me now. Let me pass to you here this moment. What you feed yourself with, you're going to dwell and think upon all week. So when you come in here on a Sunday, if you've had all this garbage, and maybe, I'm not even saying this is bad. I mean, sometimes we pop on the old, uh, 40s and 50s, you know, uh, uh, music, and, uh, uh, and, and we'll listen to that. But I'll notice, too, that when I'm done, that's constantly ringing in my mind, you know. And so I had to filter some of that. How many hear what I'm saying? Not in a legalistic way. Some of the old 50s stuff, some of those songs, they were just fun. They were easily listening, okay? But, but there's something about abiding in the presence of God and, and having worship having, you know, praise, ha having things that are encouraging and uplifting throughout the week. All right, that's enough I'll say on that. Amen? That's what we're talking about, abiding. And so God has a desire for each of our lives, a desire for, for us to be more than just a, if I could say, a status quo Christian and just accept what, what the, the norm is based upon everyone else. But it, it begins, hear me, with an invitation uh, for him to abide in our life. Now, I want you to notice that in Luke 24, the invitation for the disciples, this leads to revelation, and they're going to have communion, which we are here in a moment. Luke 24. 30, 31, as Jesus sat at supper, so they, they invite him in, they say, Jesus, you, I know you're moving on, but there's something, we don't know who you are, but just, sir, stay with us, abide with us tonight, it's, it's late, <clears throat> and their hearts were burning, but they didn't understand why, abide with us, and so Jesus stays, they have dinner, and then he breaks bread, so this is the first time after the last supper that he has communion, and he's with these two disciples. And the Bible says, <clears throat> you know, because you can see this hunger, and it says, as Jesus sat at supper with them, he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and he gave it to them, and watch this. He said, then their eyes were open. Say that me, say, their eyes were open. I believe there's a spirit of revelation that's gonna be released here today for our lives. There's some things we are blinded to. I know I am. If you're not from a different culture or race, how many of you know you can have prejudice? 
Come on. And you don't understand how certain things, you know, how, how life is done. And there are things we all are blinded to, but we need our eyes open. If anything in this season in America, we need our eyes open to God's way, to God's truth, to his, his, his word in our life. It says their eyes were open and they recognized him. And here's the thing. Once you recognize you have that revelation, Jesus moves on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he vanishes out of their sight. You think, stay a little bit. I got a lot of questions I want to ask you. Somebody with me say, amen. I'm almost done. We're going to receive communion. The invitation for disciples, it leads to revelation. Revelation means the making known of something that was previously secret or unknown. So their eyes were open. Their eyes were open. So Jesus, he has communion with them. They receive in that moment, watch this, a fuller revelation. A revelation that they didn't understand before about him. Now they understood Jesus a little bit more. Now they understood he is risen. He is alive. That is who is the Savior. This was God Almighty. He is with us here in this moment. Their eyes were open and they didn't walk in confusion. They walked in hope. They weren't distracted. They weren't in, in discouragement. There was hope. Sometimes, hear me, church, we need to get out of the box of our normal ways of living and thinking. And hear me, we need to spend, watch this, intentional time in his presence. Why? So we can see from God's perspective. Stand with me if you would, please. We can see from God's perspective. See, on the road to Emmaus, the disciples, they were sad. They were confused. They were fear-filled. They lost their vision. They were distracted because of their present pain. And we know that we cannot put our hope in present circumstances. Isn't that right, church? Can't put our hope in the government. Or <clears throat> We thank God for those that lead. But our hope ultimately is in the Lord. Can you say amen? It's in the Lord. And so here's the thing. We get a new perspective when we come into God's house. We come around God's people, worshiping together in God's presence, remembering the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. And that what happens? That directs our hearts towards the Lord. It gives us a new revelation and understanding. You know, recently I received a, <clears throat> a phone call from someone not from this community, and they were watching some of the videos that now that we have there out there online. I did a series, Follow Jesus. I don't know if you ever tuned into that, uh, follow Jesus. And there was a story I've shared numerous times uh, that when I share it here, you all go, oh, I remember that story. It's how I came out here from Minnesota, uh, leaving, going back to Boston, and then coming from Boston back to Minnesota into ministry, and I, how I had a businessman on one side of the phone, and then I had a pastor out here telling me, "I'm hold on, pastor, what? Giving me opportunities. And this person said, you know, I've never heard that. I'm like, you can be kidding. I shared that so many times. But, but, but the, that was the first time, and it spoke to them, and this is, they shared this with deep deepness in their heart, and they, they were really sincere, and they said, they said this. They said, what made you choose the right path? Never thought about that. You would think, you know, you would choose the right path, but it wasn't because of, you know, monetary security. <laughs> you know, it was a decision that was three times less the money than what, you know, what, what made, because really, and that is the answer, choosing the right path. I thought about that, and I said, you know, it was one of the lowest times of our life in, in, you know, being newly married. It was very low. It was very discouraging. It was a very desperate time in our life. But one thing I can say with certainty is that we didn't give up on God. We just continued to abide. 
We just, we just continued to abide. It took us nine months to find a church there in New England. Sorry, those of you from New England. I know it's a challenge, but there's some great churches in New England. <laughs> but it took us nine months. There was one church we came to, and we sat in the back, and it's terrible. This is just so sad. And, and they were receiving communion. I was like, wow, I haven't communed in a long time. I can't wait. And they went, oh, we don't know you. So they walked right past us. Couldn't receive communion. <laughs> God, what did I do wrong? You know, I felt, no, stuff happens, you know. It was nine months, but we finally found a good church. We just continued to abide Stayed steady, stayed consistent in the dry times. Come on. In the seasons where, oh no, feel like I'm in the wilderness, you know? Stay consistent, just stay consistent. God will bring you through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You go through it. You're not staying there. We're not staying. Amen. And so it took a while, but you know, I made the decision when I came to it. And here's the thing: I wasn't like, oh, I had this great light in. I, you know, I did a flip down the altar somewhere and like, I see the light. No, I went through a period of, I think it was two weeks reasoning, like, why would I go back to Minnesota? I feel like a failure if I went back to Minnesota. Who, you know, I have no hope for the future there in Minnesota. I mean, I, but something's burning in my heart. I'm supposed to go. And I made that choice and decision. And I look and see what God has done. If I wouldn't have made the decision. You know, here's the thing. Let me just say, he's like, how do you know it was the right decision? Well, hindsight, you know, you see 2020. But but at the time, I did had we had no hope. We put, loaded up a BGU haul <clears throat> budget truck and we hauled what little stuff we had and drove out here with no promise of anything other than you're gonna start as a youth pastor. I didn't even know anything about youth pastor. I knew the Romans road of salvation. That's all I knew. <clears throat> you see, what do I tell these kids? And my first day, they were like, uh, this guy, he ain't gonna last, you know. Uh, but the point is, is that when you have a desire in your heart, I want you to hang on to the dreams. Some of you give up your dreams, you think, you know what? Everything's changed now. Society's changed. There's no hope for America. America's going down the tubes. No, it's not in Jesus' name. It will not in the name of Jesus. Greater days are ahead for this nation. Do you think God is not coming back for something more than what he left? You better believe it. Some of you think, oh, I'll never buy a house. Yes, you will. Oh, I'll never be able to raise a family. Yes, you will. I heard all that stuff 40 years ago. Come on, somebody. Any minute Jesus is returning, we're going to be raptured out of here. Forget about it. I told one person, I said, forget about the rapture. Oh, pastor, how could you say that? Because why? I don't have this escape mentality. We're here to occupy. We're here not to escape. Well, what if you're wrong, Pastor? I'm going up. And I'll say, hey, everybody, I was wrong on that one, but I'm up with you. Amen? See, we have to have the mindset long term. Got to be thinking about our children's children. Come on now. Got to think about the little babies when they grow up. What mission field they're going to go on and help preach the gospel. Will they pray for someone that will get healed? Come on, all these ladies that are pregnant have all these babies. We're thinking about not just temporary now my life, the lives they're on and your children. That's how we need to think. Amen. Hallelujah. Their eyes were open. Their eyes were open. And some of you, you know, you have to say, well, I don't know how to follow after peace. You've got to learn to abide. You've got to learn to abide. Abide in him. Abide in him. You say, well, what if it's the wrong decision? I just heard this from a, a podcast and I thought this was interesting and it really spoke to me. This pastor said this, if I am 51% confident, I step out in faith. Just 
50. Some of you are waiting for 80, 90, 100% until Jesus shows up here and I know that I know. Jesus, should I do this? Three or four people say, you know what? That really seems good. That's God. I still don't know if it's God. Should I go to college or not? Should, should I marry this person? Man, they're in church. They love God. They're worshiping God. I mean, you like them. They like the things of you. And I don't know. Listen, if it's 51%, do it. He said, what if I make a mistake? At least God knows he has somebody that cares in their heart is for the Lord. Even if it's wrong. Is there things I stepped out and it was wrong? Yeah, absolutely. But God knows, you know what? That's a man after my heart. He tried to do the right thing. He fell down flat on his face. But you know what? I'm going to pick him back up. Some of you just, you're in a point of decision, indecision. God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. 51%. That's I thought, you know, that's a good word. 51%. Take the step. If you got, if you're at 50%, wait. When you get the one more percent, step out. Amen? Step out. Because God, motion, motion. God is a moving God. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm getting to preach now, but we got to receive communion. Invitation, watch this, leads to revelation. And our eyes are open when we say, Lord, come more into our life. Yes, I know he is within us in our spirit man, spirit woman. He never leaves us to forsake us. But Jesus was continuing to walk on after he talked with them and was going to continue to move forward to somewhere else, the Bible says. We don't know if they would have said, you know what? I don't know. There's something about that guy. Something burning our heart. But yeah, we just let him go. They said, come with us. There's hunger in our hearts. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please. Lord, we desire, we desire. Lord, I just pray you release hope in this place. Holy Spirit, release a spirit of expectation and hope. Lord, there's answers for the ails of our community and in our nation. There are answers here in the midst of us. We don't even recognize it. Lord, I just thank you for spirit of hope. <clears throat> you're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I just, I'm, and maybe you're watching online here. Yeah, I've really given up hope. You feel just such a hopeless situation. With every head bowed, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to get right with God. Maybe you grew up in church and you've walked away from the Lord. You've walked away from the truths you knew that at one time as a young person burned within your heart, but you allowed the cares of this world the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, whatever it is to drown that out. But let me tell you something. What happened to you as a young person was real. It was real. When God's touching God's presence. And what happens is we like Jacob. Man, God was here and I didn't even recognize it. Well, right now today, I believe the Spirit of God is showing himself to many of us here this morning and those watching online. He wants to show himself great. Say, what do I need to do, Pastor? You need to take the step of faith. With every head bowed, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need that hope, hope for the future. Hope is directly tied to faith in Christ. Pray with me, if you would, this morning. You're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God <clears throat> to get right with the Lord. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, <clears throat> I believe <clears throat> you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your presence. <clears throat> Jesus, <clears throat> I give you my life. Now take it. <clears throat> In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, 
God meant it. We have materials for you. We have stuff that we can help you along the way that we reach out to you. And let us know. Email us. Connect here. <clears throat> let us know how we can be a blessing to you and those you hear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be